This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free, so do enjoy those. And they include things like our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. See it yourself, uh, and if you're a lady listener, get involved uh, over at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Starting things out with your phone calls. That is the point of this program. But coming up, Mark, uh, you've got something about, uh, what, what was it? That you just... Well, it's an article called, Are Cameras the New Gun? Uh, I, I would say yes. So we'll, we'll see, what, uh, what we'll, we'll see new, what they have to say, Gizmodo. What, what new light they will shed upon that. Uh, but first, let's go to Ryan listening in Texas. Ryan, you're on with Ian Dale and Mark on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Hey, Ryan. What's on your mind? Okay, well, I heard your story uh, yesterday about the uh, the Bay County Sheriff's Department, and I uh, wanted to share a story of my own about the Bay County Sheriff's Department in Panama City, Florida. By all means. Okay. Well, I used to live there, actually, uh, a few years back, and uh, I, I had a house, and, you know, one day, out of the blue, I got a knock on the door. Some guy, he wasn't dressed as a cop, you know, in plain clothes, so I talked to him, and, and he was a sheriff, and apparently... In the uh, the townhouse district that I, I was in, you know, was you know some were renters, some were owners, but um, they're looking for some drug dealer that was rumored to be hiding out somewhere there. So they were asking everybody if they'd seen him, if they knew who he was. They showed me a picture. I had no idea who he was, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever. And then after it was over, they asked if they could come in and search my house, huh. which I yeah I politely declined. You know, I I don't have anything to hide, but you know, it's my privacy is my personal space yeah. and I mean right being there. So, you know, they, they tried to convince me, oh well, you know, we're just trying to catch this guy that's selling drugs to kids and blah blah blah. But you know I, I can assure you he's not in here. I'm helping you. <laughs> you don't need any more help. He's not in here. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, eventually, you know, he, he he was rebuffed and, you know, he didn't get to come in and, and search my house and so, you know, I closed the door and went about my business. So so do, do you think that was the end of the story? <laughs> Nope. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, why would a police officer, uh, you know, give some kind of retaliation for you exercising your constitutional rights? Right, exactly. So, a few hours later, you know, I, and I'd forgotten all about it. You know, I figured, you know, that was it. You know, me, me and my girlfriend, we, uh, we, we got hungry, so we were going to go out and, you know, get some burgers or something. So, you know, as we were leaving, we couldn't, we couldn't quite leave very easily because there was a car that was blocking, like, the, the, the parking lot. So that it was made it very, very difficult for anyone to drive in or out, and I just thought it was some guy being a jerk or something. Sure. But you know, I, I later realized that it was the cops trying to prevent people from coming and going. But you because know, like you know, I pulled up, and you know, if somebody's in the way, you you wait for a minute see if they're going to move. They don't move. Right. So I had to like maneuver around him with like two inches to spare. Like mm. that that was it. Any any less, and it would be like scratch paint. But um, but anyway, I get by him and I go on my way, and you know, maybe like a mile or two down the road, um. I see lights in my window, cop, you know, pulling me over. I'm like, you know, what's going on? Mm. And, you know, and this wasn't a cop car. I mean, it was like a, 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 a normal looking car. That, so an undercover. Know, plane, yeah. Un- you're right. You know, so they pull me over and they're like, ah, and it was the guy. He says, well, we have you on camera not using your turn signal when you turned left. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, he followed me. So that he could get me for something. And I don't think that's illegal in Florida. Yeah, uh, in Florida. 
Pretty sure. Well, I don't you think know, it's whatever, illegal in Florida. You know, what, turning without a signal? And, and, they're, and they're sitting there taking their sweet time. And then he comes in and he says, well, while we've been here, we had a drug dog out to your house, and he targeted your house. So, oh. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So, so you know, but, and, and, and it went on for a while. But he's like, well, well, we'll let you sign this. You know, if you, if you let us come and search your house, you know, we won't give you a ticket. And you can, you know, <laughs> oh, go on your way. Or God. we can sit here and wait while we get a court order to search your house. And uh-huh. now I knew he was lying. I'd seen enough episodes of Law and Order to know that cops are allowed to lie to you to sure. get what they want. I knew he was lying. Ninety nine point nine percent sure. I don't, you know, I don't have any drugs. I don't do drugs. The person that owned the house before me was my mother, and she doesn't do drugs. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing in the house. But there was a point one percent chance that, like, maybe somebody was smoking something and threw something in the bushes outside or yeah. some something. And, and I know that if if, if you if if the cops don't like you and they're going to search your house and they're going to make a point of being a jerk, they can like tear up the oh, couch. I, and I wouldn't even put it past the them to put something there. I yeah. really well, wouldn't, then, you know. Yeah, and there's that too. If they're, if they're if they're mad at you, if they're pissed at you, they'll they'll go out of their way to to do bad things to you. Sure, you know. That's so all it, true. and I knew that, and even though I knew he was lying, and you know, I knew he wasn't going to be getting a court order. I I, I knew, realized that. He was going to stop at no end to get into my house. You know, there, there was no, there was no end. Plus, my girlfriend was there and was taking all this time, and you know, I had stuff to do. But if, if I didn't, I would have just like stood up to him completely. If it wasn't for someone else there, you that's know, what they use gonna... against you. You know, they they know that that people have lives. Uh, these <laughs> these police officers, the idea is is they're there to protect and serve you, but they're not. You... Um, you know, the idea is is that these are the stalwart defenders of the Constitution. For God's sakes, they raised their hand and swore an oath to it. They're, of course, they're allowed to lie in order to get done what they need to get to, done. But you know, it's a dirty job and it takes a dirty guy to do it. <laughs> You know this. This is the this is the BS that we're fed. But this is the, uh, the 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 behavior that we're that you're talking about here is the kind of result. It's not always the result every time with law enforcement, but it 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 breeds that um, amongst them when you don't have somebody who's accountable for their action, and they're not. They have a, a sovereign immunity in some cases and qualified immunity in all cases. So they're they're not responsible for their uh, their actions. They can do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want. The Supreme Court has ruled they're allowed to lie to you. So you gave in. Yep, yep. Uh, I gave in. I let them come, and uh, you know, and, and when they, when, they, when they were in there, they, they were quick, and I, and I stayed next to them the whole time. I didn't let them go wandering off on his own. And he just came in and looked around, and he left. And and I realized something after he left that just made me laugh. That they didn't look in the attic. I mean, and and hours had passed by the time that, you know, he came and went. So if I was hiding a drug dealer, I'd have stuck him in the attic. I mean, they, they didn't look. Wow. He, he, I, could, I could have had a drug dealer, and, and yeah, and they went on their way. So no, it, it wasn't about finding a drug dealer. They knew it, at some point or another that they weren't going to find a drug dealer. The only point was to get into your house and get compliance. Yeah, yeah that's true. Now, did, you, uh, did they end up waiving the ticket as they'd promised? Yeah, yeah. Generally, and and from what I've heard in the the Bay County Sheriff's Department, they don't like to give tickets, um, like speeding tickets and stuff. Like the individual city police do, because that's their revenue generation. But the the sheriff's department is elected official, and people voters don't like getting tickets. 
So generally, mm-hmm. unless it's something really, really bad, they won't actually give anybody a ticket. And so you were dealing um, with the sheriffs. Uh, I do, I'm right. telling you, I don't think that turn signals are uh, not using your turn signal is illegal in the state of Florida. Seems unbelievable that that would be true. You don't have yeah. a camera on you all the time. I take it. No, well, this was years ago. I mean, I, I didn't. Uh, I may have had a, a crappy cell phone, but like smartphones didn't really exist. Okay. I mean, Blackberries were around, but not many people had them. And you know, what now you, I do. What would you now have do. done differently uh, today if the same thing had happened, knowing what you um, know? Well, the thing is, like, yeah, I, I can't do civil disobedience for someone else. You know, if I was if I was by myself, I would have stood up to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would still. Would. That's you not know, that's, civil, that's, civil disobedience. You know, yeah, just well, standing up to him making, is not civil disobedience. Yeah, well, I mean, if standing I would have done and, and been there for, you know, hours and hours and hours and been bored out of my mind, you know, just making him wait, and, you know, is what I'm saying. But I'm not going to force someone else that's with me who I doesn't see. really want to get involved and, you know. Yeah. Who, no, who I agree with that. Hurt, I, I absolutely you know? uh, I understand and appreciate where you're coming from. When I was coming back from Canada on a vacation, uh, I had certain things that I would have liked to have done, but there were others who were with us, and it, you know, it just wasn't appropriate to uh, be... Mr. Activist at that uh, that point in time and put somebody else at, uh, at at risk or at jeopardy of bodily harm by these uh, these violent men who will do whatever it is they you please. Know, I like that. I, I understand that not wanting to make your you know your girlfriend's with you don't want to make her wait and everything. But I don't like calling that like activism. Just standing up for your rights by their laws. I, I would hardly call but that. But it activism. is activism. It is. I mean, it, I'm sorry. I guess so, the, the, the the ring of activism has shrunk with people's complacency yeah. um, and apathy to the point that actually standing up and doing what's constitutional is activism. Ryan, thanks for the call and the story. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, and they include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download right there on the front page of the website. Free for you at freetalklive.com. Okay, now let me ask you, do you dread the long days of summer and, and the and the long hot nights? Well, let me tell you what I found. It's Nature Bee, and it can help you. Here's uh, Mike Buck, to all the way from Hawaii, to explain. Happy Free Talk Live Friday, everybody. You know you're right. In today's busy world, that perfect diet is really difficult. Too much fast food, not enough time to get the right shopping and preparation done. And that's why almost everybody listening right now to you guys needs a helping hand to get the nutrients your body needs to function in top working order. And thank goodness, that's exactly where New Zealand's Nature Bee comes in. Nature's Bee, Nature Bee has been called the uh, health food store in the palm of your hand. Why is, it the, why is it the world's only perfect food? You know, it's the only substance that we know of that actually contains everything you need. All your vitamins, aminos, minerals, and antioxidants, the right balance of enzymes. Plant pollen has been around since day number one, but Nature Bee's exclusive process 
process, cracking open those tough cell walls called potentiation makes it different. It gets absorbed quicker, takes you care of your energy, your digestive system, gives you a better looking hair, skin, and nails, and stamina to really power through the summer. So now we know that Nature Bee is all natural, all organic, fresh, and direct to us uh, from clean, green New Zealand, and it provides, well, it provides 100% of the uh, natural organic vegetable food that, that you need. How can you get it? Ways to do it, and they're both going to save you money. How's that? And six that's good. Cool. Buy ninety nine ninety five for six months plus three extra months for free right to your door without even shopping. You make the toll free call. We power it on its way. One eight six six eight three four eight three five five to Auckland. One eight six six eight three four eight three five five, or of course online at Nature Bee's easy to work website naturebee.com. Uh, once again, uh, be just like me, and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go without Nature Bee. I think it's a great product. Come on and get healthy by calling eight six six eight three four eight three five five now or online at naturebee.com. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the number that allows you to dial in, bring up whatever you want on this program, uh, Free Talk Live. We continue with your calls. John is in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Yeah, uh, this is John from Salt Lake. How you doing? Hey, John, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I was uh, thinking about, like, the tea parties and, and how, you know, a lot of uh, patriots are kind of coming together, but I'm wondering if that's enough. I'm wondering with the, the talk radio and with all the ideas and the energy we're putting out, if we're going to need a little bit more help on this go-around. Uh, if if I don't that's know if enough, enough for help. what? You say you wonder if that's enough. What do you What do you mean? Well, enough, enough to, to you know preserve our our freedoms, our our rights, our constitutions. You know, well, I mean, wait a minute. What, wait, wait, preserve. I don't know about you, but I don't see very many freedoms in this country. They're gone. They've been gone a long they're, time. They're leaving. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I'm wondering in order for us to get it back, if it's going to take more than just you know talk. If, and I'm now, when you say get it back, and just get, hold on a moment. But paint, paint, a, paint a little picture for me. When you say get it back, uh, I presumably you mean freedom. But what do you mean? Can you get a little more descriptive? Sure. Well, just, you know, back to the days of our founding fathers where we had the, you know, our, our Bill of Rights. And, and there was no, you know, there was right for pre- peaceful protest, and, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like America was a two two hundred and fifty year accident. I mean, never before in the history of man has one document uh, preserved the, the the rights of the individual, and now it seems that uh, you know this accident is is about ready to you know restart itself in history as another you know monarchy. And, when when you know, do you feel I, as though when do you feel as though uh, the document uh, ceased to preserve people's rights? I would say back when, uh, you know, the First World War, when, you know, the Federal Reserve was written into, you know, the Federal Reserve Act back in Wilson's day, I would say that was the, how about you know, the Civil War? How about, the how about the Civil War with Abraham Lincoln going around rounding people up? and? Well, you know, I mean, granted, the, the South was being funded by the British on the Civil War. I mean, you know, that, that war had to be won. I mean, I, I believe Lincoln... Did what he had to do to, you know, keep the country united. You mean kill um, by, by united? You mean killing people, uh, his brothers, and killing human well, beings? How else? How else? By united, he means subservient to the federal government. Well, wait, no, no. This well, piece of paper that you're talking about, the Constitution. Don't you think that if people actually had rights, they'd have the right to leave? 
Um, sure. I think they had more than enough opportunity to leave if they didn't uh, like the laws here in America. I mean, well, Lincoln no, 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 was that- no, 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 well, no, no. I mean, uh, by Lincoln, secession. Lincoln I mean, leave- said, right, Lincoln said that, um, that, that he would allow the southern states to return to the unions, the, one, the ones that had left, and, and keep slavery. They, they would be allowed to continue to, ha- to own, own people if that's what they want to do as long as they returned. So, um, and paid their taxes. And, yeah, they, they, they wanted, the, of course, the tax revenue. Some new exorbitant ones. So, I mean, that's uh, and uh, they were taxing the crap out of the the southern states. So, I mean, it seems like all Lincoln cared about was preserving the union. And to me, the union's just a contract, I guess, that the uh, the states signed on to. And every contract should have an exit clause. Do you think that exit clause should be death? Um, well, if you remember, Lincoln was trying to to get America to print their own money. I mean, so the debt would have been relieved, and we would have just you know had the American Reserve instead of the Federal Reserve note. At the time of Lincoln, um, the, the United States government was actually had a metal back currency, and during the Civil War, Lincoln uh, created a uh, fiat, another fiat currency, and then they went back on to the, uh, the metal back currency after the Civil yeah, the War. The Federal Reserve, don't, the federal no, reserve didn't, didn't exist until 1913. Right. So, uh, or, and the, the, Later on, the silver certificates came first. Yes. I think what the caller is sure. saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, well, the impression I got is that you think it would have been a good thing if we'd gone – if uh, well, I, shouldn't, I don't want to say we, so apologize – if they had gone ahead and started printing money, gone on, gotten onto a fiat currency as, because it wouldn't have been the banks. It would have been the government doing it, and so that would have been be- – are you implying that would have been better than what we have now because the banks are doing it? Well, you know, actually, I'll, I'll take it a step further, and you know, my original intention of calling was – you know, I mean, beyond, you know, the answer, because we're all aware of the problems of the country, but what do you gentlemen think would be the solutions? What do you think the answer, I mean, the Tea Party seem like a good idea. They seem like, you know, at least the people are getting more aware. But uh, I don't think the Tea Parties are really anything more than a bunch of Republican rallies uh, where they promote their candidates and get people all jazzed up to vote Republican uh, in the uh, you know the, they do the seem a lot like uh, the, the you know the second contract with America to me that's what they sound like I think it's good because it tells Republican candidates that this is what they want but this really is the Republican talking point every time they're out of office this is what they do they run back to the Constitution and freedom a small central government and all that other stuff but when they get in power everything you see is growing growth 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 when it comes to government see so, I don't know if I can even answer your question because your question presumes that we're on the same page to start with, and I don't know if that's the case. I mean, you say a lot of things that I could generally agree with, but on the other hand, you're you're kind of coming out in support of the Civil I, I War, think, and that's scary. To yeah, me. I think actually we're getting onto it that the, the, the a start would be for people to start holding them accountable, which would mean to start seceding. Let's come uh, back though. We can, we can if you want to hang on, John. We'll bring it back. We can continue the discussion here. Because I think in, in order to answer your question, we have to be on this at least the same page of understanding. And I don't know if I'm, st- I'm there yet. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And all the features there are completely free. So do enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. And the features include our webcam. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to watch and listen and chat all at the same time. We've got the chat room built into the same page as the webcam. And by the way, for those that still like the old chat room, because we made some changes yesterday, uh, if you prefer the old chat room, there's a link there that'll allow you to use the old um, setup. Will um, will you be able to talk to the same people? Yeah, it's the the same chat room. Okay. Yeah, it's just the different... uh, Interface. Correct. The interface has changed, uh, but it's all still free, and it's all still there at cam.freetalklive.com. And the webcam is brought to you by memorydealers.com. By the way, I want to tell you about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's coming up here in just about 20 days. Uh, Three weeks, less than three weeks from now, we will be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live, and it's going to be a lot of fun. There are hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are coming together in order to get active for, uh, for freedom. Many of them have already made the move to New Hampshire. A number of them are considering a move to New Hampshire, and others are in the process of moving. Some people will move and Porkfest will be when they move to New Hampshire. They will come up, they'll go to Porkfest, and they'll never go back to... Uh, to uh, where they uh, from where they came, so it's a it's a great time. It's uh, it's going to happen in the northern part of New Hampshire, Lancaster, at a place called Rogers Campground. Same place as last year. Hundreds of like-minded people hanging out, camping, socializing, doing activities of various different uh, sorts. Everything from family affairs to Buzz's big gay dance party, and I guess. You could bring your family to that. It, it all depends. There'll be families there, too. Uh, it it well, all depends. Well, there's also going to be pole dancing there, so I guess it just depends on what kind of family you have. How old so, are How what? How what? Old. Oh, okay. And there's uh, houseboy auditions in my tent. Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> Dear God. How hey, does, um, how what does nights... one get signed up for that, uh, Dale? <laughs> it's very casual. Just, okay. You know. Well, I just have number, a number tab at the... Just find Just Dale. like at the deli at the grocery store. No, but what nights is uh, Free Talk Live... Broadcasting. Every night we're there, we'll be broadcasting live. And I know we're going to be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night for okay. sure. I think it's still up in the air as to whether or not we'll do Wednesday. I, I'm not sure about that. Okay. Some of us are getting there Monday. So, yeah, some people are really arriving early. And, the, you know, the, the official pork fest dates are the 24th through the 27th. However, people do arrive earlier on in the week and they, you know, take it easy. And, of course, the whole weekend is really taking it easy, though there's a lot to do as well. You can get as busy as you want to and go to porkfest2010.com to learn more about it. Pork with a C, by the way. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, porkfest2010.com. Get registered. It's only 25 bucks. Uh, of course, that doesn't include your camping. That, that's a little bit extra. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to it very much. As we continue here taking your phone calls, John, I think, is still with us. John, are you there in Utah? Yes, I am. Okay, John, you called in tonight with a question, um, and if, if you could just recap your question, because I don't want to try to recount it and, and mess it up. No so. problem. Uh, it was more or less, you know, um, I'm seeing a lot of movements going on with, uh, you know, whether it be the, the tea parties or just other organizations, or the people are just, you know, trying to come up with this answer, the solution to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, is uh, do you gentlemen know of a... of I don't want to use the word Jedi or whatnot. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, as history repeats itself, we see that the battle that is coming before us is going to be more than just guns. I mean, I see this is going to be, you know, spiritual as well as physical, you know, to, to, to reclaim and to, to reestablish our freedoms. So, and you're, so, seeing, you're, so seeing you're seeing a battle? You're seeing some sort of a, a violent clash? 
Um, I'm saying our founding fathers um, gave us the right under the Declaration of Independence that when our form of government no longer represents this document, it is the right of the people to rise up and to reestablish this form of government. So um, hopefully it can be done peacefully. You know, I like to do the Mahatma Gandhi idea, uh, but I don't know if peaceful persuasion right now is going to go up against the force of uh, what we're encountering right now. And so, you know, the question is, is, you know, is there, is there people out there that are actually prepared, um, that actually have the, I mean, Alex is on the right page, you guys are, but, you know, right now... Um, I'm not on that page. I'm not going to fight to get that kind of government because I think it's corrupt. It's, it's not a voluntary, I mean, it's not a consensual form of government. And so I wouldn't want to fight where, for that. Where we need to reestablish um, our Constitution? No, I, I, I don't. No, I don't think – I think the Constitution is, is – I don't first, – the first mistake I think you made was you, you said the Founding Fathers gave us a right, and I don't yeah. think it's, it's much of a right if it's given by a human being. I think you can establish an, a notion of rights which is sensible based on, based on logic and from, reason. From and, 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 yeah, so they didn't give it to us. A human being does not uh-huh. give another human being rights. Fair enough. Uh, and so a constitution is a piece of paper written by human beings. Now, and that's fine if you want to establish, if you want to sort of state certain things sort of for the record, uh, but just understand that that's what you're doing and that the paper is not creating the rights or anything. And, and, and I think it's, and the problem is I think it's flawed in that it gave powers, uh, to, it gave powers to enslave people. And that's why, where I think it's, it, it started going wrong right away. So, John. Well, what was the form before then? I mean, what was uh, our our alternative before the Constitution? If I may, I don't. Ask? I'm not interested in what happened before. If you look at the history of mankind, it's it's been incredibly barbaric, and it's you know you know we keep making steps towards towards some freedom. But so I don't want to look to the past for what to do. I want to look to the future for what we should be doing and how we should be thinking. Mm, and I don't, I I don't want to go back to the Constitution. I want to go to something freer. Right, John. Let me. I, I don't think it's a chasm that's separating us here. I think it's a creek. And I'd like to uh, see if I can give it a shot here, John. Um, sure. I don't think the Constitution went far enough. And I think it's a failed document. I think the 200 plus you know, years of, uh, of, of having it around shows that it either has established this government that we have, this is, the, this is the government that the Constitution established, or it failed to protect us from this government, so therefore it's a failure. Um, one of those two. And I'm not interested well, in uh, going back to it because it's, if it's already no longer failed. being represented, then it is a failure, yes, but it's not the fault of the document, it's the well, fault of those... Upholding and swearing to uphold its uh, allegiance. Well, uh, the idea of the document was that it would somehow bind those people. And I'm not blaming the document. The document is a piece of, what, uh, hemp paper or cotton or something like that that somebody wrote on. It doesn't, it isn't imbued with some magical force. I'm not saying it's bad or evil or wrong or any of those things. Oh, so let's say that you're right and we take that away from the, the, the scenery. Then what kind of world do we live in, if I may ask? Well, I, I would say that the first step, uh, if we were going to make steps to, for, to get from from here to there is to for states to withdraw t- from the federal government apparatus. I don't think that uh, we as uh, as states, people that, that live in uh, you know states, need the federal government for anything. Um, I okay, think that, I, I think that they can uh, you know make. I, I think that they can handle you know naval you know having a navy or whatever. Most countries don't. We have the largest military. Uh, we have. If you could took all the military of all the countries all around the world and compared it to ours, we still have a bigger one. 
And okay. so we don't need uh, the military the size that it is. Essentially, what you and I pay for is keeping shipping lanes clear for people in countries that don't know us, that we don't have any obligation to. We, um, the United States citizen, are slaves of the world. We are the, the indentured police of the world. We don't have any choice but to pay for those things. And there's no reason that, that you and I should have to pay for them. The only thing that we should have to pay for is protecting you and me ourselves from some kind of terrible force that... The, the, so, the, so how do you suggest we do that, sir? Uh, as far as keeping our sovereignty with the state, maybe how militia? do you suggest we protect ourselves from the federal government if it uh, takes power that does not belong to it. Well, I don't think the federal government, um, if if a, if if a state and the states have not shown any willingness to do anything um, along this line, but if if a state just said, you know, I've had enough and we're you know we're going to go do this on our own, then I don't think they'll have too much trouble from the federal government. I don't think it's going to be a a civil war part two where they roll in tanks or something like that. I think the federal government will try to get them to come back. They'll use political pressure, but. If somebody, if they had the fortitude, the resolve to leave, then they would probably have the resolve to stay gone, right? Oh, sure. It would sure. be largely a PR battle, I think, and that yeah. would be a tough battle. But I don't think it would be a battle of violence. It would be a PR battle. My my best, my highest and best advice is: do not fire on any government force. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't, well, they, they'll they'll try to make you fight, and just don't. Yeah. yeah it's like so, just don't. you know, they'll, they'll put other pressures on you to try and make you fight, and that's going to be the I'd tough part. Say again, John. Gandhi did it. You know, I mean, yeah. I uh, now. Where do you see this evolving to? If Let's I may talk ask. about that. Hang on. We'll hang on to you here. More in moments with John. Uh, where will it evolve to? The absence of the federal government leaving secession, political secession? I think it's a good first step. Free talk live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You've got to get the shopping done. You might as well do it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You don't even have to, to leave your house or office. Uh, and stuff is delivered to your door, and you get great prices as well. And plus, when you order through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, Free Talk Live will get a cut. So we're going to continue here. Uh, John is, I believe, still with us in Utah. We're talking about some ideas as far as, you know, what what's next? I mean, clearly there's not much freedom left in America and so what can be done to, uh, to, to get to freedom? What can be done to achieve freedom, liberty in our lifetime, so to speak? And Mark, you, you came up with a good suggestion uh, because I don't think the Tea Parties are going to do anything. It's just a Republican, ra- just a, a Republican rallying point. 
And that's just going to be to get their Republican people elected so they can take but, the reins of power and lord yeah, it over. Yeah, the Republican Republicans are only upset when when Democrats take their power or, or sorry, take their liberties away, mm-hmm. when, or when Democrats infringe on their liberties. That's the only time Republicans are upset. As long as Republicans are taking their liberties away, no problem. Then. Yeah, it's okay. If Barack Obama had suggested the Patriot Act. It would have it, the sky would have been falling sure. as far as the Republican talking heads out Our there. Our privacy! Holy crap! This <laughs> is awful. But when a Republican does it, it's it, it's necessary for national security. Right? Then you're not patriotic if you don't support it. If right? A Republican. Does you it. hate Jesus and George Washington if you don't like the Patriot Act. So, John, what do you got to hide, citizen? So we're talking about uh, secession. As far as a political solution, uh, I think secession is a good one. I think it's a good first step toward a voluntary society and getting. Well, I away. believe in recursive society. I'm all for states seceding, but mm-hmm. I don't really believe in the concept of a state. Uh, it's just a good start. You know, it's a, it right. certainly undermines the federal. Exactly. It's, a, it's holding the federal no. government accountable. And then the idea is for individuals to be able to secede from states as well. Which we're actually going to be doing here uh, this summer at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which I mentioned before. I just now, uh, during that break, sent the uh, the text of the, uh, of a new, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a constitution uh, or let's see, there's a, something that that we called it, but we're going to be having a signing ceremony at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We've got a guy that uh, I guess does calligraphy. He's going to write up. <laughs> that'll um, make it. That'll make it legit. He's going to be. I'm sorry, what, John? Where's the festival going to be held? Oh, Porkfest2010.com, Northern New Hampshire, Lancaster, New Hampshire. The PRC. F-E-S-T. You know, it's not that interesting because, you know, they have, like, the Rainbow Fest and the Bernie Man Fest here in the West. That's right. And what I'm noticing is, is, you know, uh, America, if anything, has at least provided a, a, a fertile ground for a lot of seeds to be planted. And I'm noticing a lot of people are waking up to uh, a higher realization that, number one, what we perceive as matter is actually fluctuated energy. And a lot of what we're learning to do is a lot of these... Uh, you know, these messages uh, like the men who stare at ghosts. You know, once you get in tune with your heart self, once you get in tune with, you know, your, your, your true, you know, self, you're able to um, do incredible things. Um, and maybe that's the next phase. Maybe that's the next evolution is, is where we're going to actually evolve into, you know, a, a more of a thing. Our, our, our humanity is not going to surpass our technology this time. I'm, a, I'm actually learn. walking through walls already. I <laughs> no, I like your I viewpoint. Was, you know. I like your viewpoint, John, and I, I certainly, I think, share um, share it mostly. The idea that uh, uh, that you know, we're, we're, there, there's more to it than than meets the eye, so to speak. That we're all part of one a giant whole. I'm a panentheist. Uh, I I do think that um, I do. If you look at the nature of natural selection, and that it's really this process that's inherent in the laws of the universe, and how order emerges, uh, there's an emergent natural order of things that emerges out of chaos, and the way that uh-huh. that process works, it is almost like the universe that concocted us <laughs> to do something. You know and what exactly? I think well, that's what we're trying to figure out. And I think that um, yes, you, I think there is something about getting in touch with that 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 that, that uh, your will actually has a purpose. And sort of getting in touch with your true self deep down, and and getting guidance from that, you know, really, really, you know, taking some time to focus inward because we are so surrounded by distractions and surrounded by things that are pulling us in all these different directions. If you focus inward and get in touch with your true will, uh, what you're, what, what it is that you're inspired and motivated and desiring to do. 
um, and do you know? Th- then I think you can be more effective at accomplishing all sorts of things. And I love how John asked the question before we went to the last break: "Is where will it evolve from there?" And that's really, I think, a key word for me in this whole discussion: is evolve and evolution, uh, because I think it is about. That's what it really is about. It's not about going back, as you mentioned. Uh, Dale. Yeah, it's that's not the about, revolution right. concept. Sure. Right. Go forward. To re- right, exactly. To revolve means to go back around to the beginning to start over. Right. So we want to move on. We want to move on p- uh, past the idea that human beings should be uh, using coercive violence against their fellow man, and that's basically what the that's the founding concept of what a government really is: is that you know people are going to threaten others in order to get them to behave in a certain way. And I think that's inappropriate. I think that uh, we can in- encourage others to behave in a certain way through incentives in the marketplace and through ostracism and, and things like that. And so the question of uh, to where it will evolve from there, I mean, if we're starting at a point of, uh, of secession, I think Dale touched on the idea of individual secession, of uh, declaring yourself independent from the idea of a coercive government. But all of these things that we're talking about here are pretty high concept in that uh, it, it's not really possible. You go to a, a tea party, those people aren't talking about these things. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you can't – in general, the political discussion today is still stuck in the red-blue paradigm of our team versus your team uh, – you know, red team versus the blue team. And sure. it's, it's, it's very basic. Uh, it, in order to elevate that discussion, we have to bring the people who understand where we want to go. And that is, at least I am speaking for myself here, want to achieve a voluntary society, a society where human beings interact on a consensual basis. So we have to bring those people together to the same place in order to do that evolution in order to take those next steps, because otherwise we're way too uh, d- diffuse, we're too uh, d- diluted in the regular population. So that's the point of the Free State Project. That's the point of getting people together here up in here in, uh, in New Hampshire, and that's what the Porcupine Freedom Festival is all about: is to bring a lot of those people together to the same campground for a weekend and make Actually, connections and that sort of thing. That is, you know, sir. I, I think that is that very well could be the answer. I mean, you get enough of those eagles. To, to come to the same nest and get that energy to bounce off of each other. I think the answer just might, you know, um, present itself. I Let mean, me tell you, it is working. We're here, and, and, I, and, and I believe what you're saying is true. That's why I picked up my life and moved after living 26 years in the state of Florida and moved to New Hampshire, where it gets pretty cold during the wintertime. Me too, uh, from Florida. Dale from... Georgia, yep. yep. So people, California. hundreds and hundreds of people have picked up who believe in liberty. John have That's picked right. up and moved their lives to the state of New Hampshire, over 10, and thousands are coming. Over ten thousand have signed now uh, at freestateproject.org, and we want to reach twenty thousand. So if it sounds good to you, what I'd recommend that you do is go to freestateproject.org tonight. Yeah, you and- sound like the kind of guy. I'd like to see here, John. Yeah. Uh, go go to freestateproject.org, check out the website, look at the statement of intent, sign it if it sounds right to you, and, uh, and, and get on up here. Come up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and you'll be blown away at the, uh, the energy, uh, the, the feeling that you'll get when you're around literally hundreds of other people that have a similar mindset. And we are not all in lockstep. There are differences yeah. in, in belief systems that are, that are you know, different between those, some of us. There's differences um, in this, at this table. Right. But, uh, but the general the, the thing that brings us all together is a love for freedom and the idea that uh, that we that's that's what we want and that we're willing to actually get active and and do something in order to uh, to achieve it. So these are people that have picked up their lives and are making the move, are planning the, to make the move, or have made the move here to New Hampshire, and they're getting active in various different ways, whether it be politics, uh, whether it be civil disobedience or outreach. 
uh, or doing uh, creating our own media. There's so much to do up here, and it's really just the most fun I've ever had in my life. It's it's an absolute blast. You know, in fact, that's inspired me to kind of learn from that group, then maybe start one here in the UNS. I mean, our mountains here, I, I haven't been to New Hampshire, but um, we've got some of the most uh, breathtaking, majestic mountains you've ever seen. I understand where you're coming from on that. Uh, you're going to have – it's going to be tough to do what you're talking about. It's It's been – the Free State Project has been around since 2001. And, oh, yeah. And so uh, there's already actually a Free State West. Uh, Wyoming, I think, was uh, was chosen for the Free State West. And they're trying to compete with the Free State Project here in New Hampshire and Truth be told, oh, yeah. they just can't. You know, they they just don't have uh, what it takes. They don't have to, the numbers. Yeah, they don't have the numbers, and they're not even close. I'm We've not got hundreds of movers, it. thousands well, of people. You, you know, think about it. They've done statistics, even on coast to coast, where you get enough people together and you focus in on the same solution. I don't say the problem; I say the solution because you see it as though it's already happened. But miracles. I mean, earthquakes have been diverted. Uh, you know, hurricanes. I mean, there's been an incredible... Well, the trick, so is, the trick is to get people to come. To. The trick is to get people to come to where you are, but if we're out here promoting uh, New Hampshire and bringing people here, you're going to have a lot of competition, and I would well, uh, highly recommend you go out. to freestateproject.org, yeah, take a look it at it, give it a serious thought, and uh, I thank you for the call, because it's it's pretty unlikely that something similar to this movement is going to blossom anytime soon anywhere else i'd love to see that happen if if 50 free state projects were possible we wouldn't be here in new hampshire it's free talk how long can you hold your breath <sighs> not long after air water is the most critical factor for life there are dozens of toxic substances in tap water even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove sadly most bottled water isn't much better the chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer you'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money too aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher type filters Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. It's Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in via the toll-free number. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And by the way, the, uh, the site allows you to influence the stuff we will talk about on these very airwaves. You can go to freetalklive.com and create uh, an, an element of our website. You submit something that you like on the Internet, whether it be a news article or a blog post or video or audio or something like that. 
and you, t- you put a title in, you put a little description in of what uh, what it is, and then you know, there's a link that you'll uh, you'll put the URL in there, and it'll uh, be submitted to our site. And if it already exists, if somebody else has already put the same story in there, then it'll p- come up and let you know that, and then you can vote on uh, if it if it already exists, you can vote on it. If it doesn't, it'll be created, and then other listeners can vote as to whether they like it or they dislike it, and yeah, the most popular stories will make it to the front page. This is a case when voting might actually accomplish something. It, it yeah, absolutely it will. Uh, in fact, in many cases, this is how we get the stuff we talk about on the air. So head over to freetalklive.com, get interactive, and of course there's a whole bunch of other features uh, to the website as well. So let's continue here taking your phone calls about what you want as we launch here into the second hour of the show, going first to William in Texas. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hello. Um, I, I was calling today to wonder what was your stance and what do you think the government's role is in this uh, oil spill, in the Gulf oil spill? I'll, I'll field that one. You know, I think that the government is probably at least you know, partially it's partially complicit in what happened here. To some extent, what you have happen is a mistake and it would happen anywhere, anytime mistakes are going to happen. Um, the government agency, the Minerals and you know Mineral Management, Management Service. Service, the MMS, they were watching. They were supposed to be the watchdogs, the ones that were keeping an eye on these drilling folks to make sure that they were doing things right. And but. you know, right, of course they they weren't because the government doesn't do that. Uh, that's just a lie that they tell people. So I believe that their you know their their complicity is you know they they have a large amount of complicity in this, and um, I. I tend to believe that uh, you know complicity? mistakes. Are, complicity is that complicity? Okay. Um, they. I tend to believe that mistakes are going to happen anywhere and any time, and that uh, you know BP would still be trying to clean this up in a in a world where BP owned that piece of ocean that they were drilling on. They'd still have to clean up other people's oceans, and and a lot of that would be going on still. Thank you. I've also heard now. I don't. I haven't done any research into this, uh, so <laughs> take it as a rumor. But I've heard that uh, the government's regulations have made it harder for BP to uh, to finish up the you know, to actually do the cleanup job and to uh, to try to cap the the leak. But I don't know what those regulations are, and I'm not sure exactly in what way they've uh, they've interfered. But it wouldn't surprise me to discover that the, that that was true also, because it reminds me of kind of what happened after Katrina, the uh, the hurricane down south, where I absolutely do know exactly how the government got in the way there, where the government basically uh, there was one story about a doctor who arrived on a scene in order to help with triage and you know to you know he was offering his services for free he he comes up and he's he's willing there's people laying everywhere and he's willing to go up and and help him out whoa whoa whoa, whoa. you 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 can't touch those people you've got to go over here first and talk to these fema people and you've got to fill out some paperwork and they've got to get it tri- in triplicate you and got to show your doctor my degree. mom my mom's church wanted to send a bus loaded with volunteers and supplies to katrina mm-hmm. and they were all turned away and said yep. no no you have to go get this federal training first before before you can go yep. and help people, and uh, next time maybe go ahead and get this training. Of course, the the requirements will change by then, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so basically, it was the government saying, "No, no, no, this is our job. You volunteers and and uh, charitable organizations yeah, and that. companies trying to donate mat- truckloads full of bottled water." Right. And nope, we uh, you, you're not allowed to do that. You might not do it right. We're the trained professionals, and then they screwed everything up. 
Yep. So there, and there was example after example after example of that. There was the one guy who wanted to rescue people. He uh, he he was willing to go and and drive around and and help people get out of their homes and and that kind of thing. And they they stopped him. So he went and actually stole a school bus. Uh, from a local local you know wherever they keep the school buses they he went in there and, and just literally stole one so he could drive around and, and that's awesome people. that's a true yeah. that's a you know that's <laughs> that's what it's going to take i it's just it's just uh, comical to me how there's this notion that the badges and the titles and the uniforms everyone seems to have this notion that they're there's they're magical that the people wearing these things are more competent that they've you know they've got the paperwork and all this, and and so they're more competent, and reliable, and and accountability is what is what, the best way to get any kind of reliability out of people. You know, if you want someone to be competent, make them accountable for their actions, and mm-hmm. the government is not. Nope. So, uh, so does that answer your question a little better? Yes, thank you. Anything else on your mind tonight, William? Uh, no, that was just about it. I was just wondering, you know, what your opinion was. I, I, you know, I've been, uh, you know, watching the news, but those are people who just get paid. Uh, you know, just say whatever. And I was just, you know, just wondering what uh, people thought of it. So. There you go. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate the question. 800-259-9231. I think it bears mentioning that uh, Halliburton was uh, Halliburton, the, the company, was thoroughly involved in that uh, that well over there. And Halliburton is p- practically a subsidiary of the government. I mean, they have a huge amount of government connections and uh, they get all kinds of uh, contracts. And I'm you know, it might have been easier for BP to get that uh, well where it was if they employed Halliburton. You never know what kind of backroom deal dealings goes on and so i think that that's a kind of an important aspect of it too speaking of this uh, bp situation uh, and in our website and how our listeners can help influence what we talk about i'm looking at the front page of the website and, and down the page a little bit is a story called in a truly free market bp would be toast so we'll share that with you here in a little bit continuing though with your phone calls for now mike is on the line in georgia you're on free talk live hello mike Mike. Thank you. Uh, this oil dump that uh, took place down the Gulf, I would really like to see that scrutinized as a planned disaster. Uh, I, you know, I'm highly suspicious uh, of what happened there, and I, I think the incident certainly uh, you know, should be considered as that they did this on purpose. Well, if they did it, it was probably the government doing it, right? Well, I'm thinking that they involve the government. You know, I've heard it suggested before, like with 9/11, that thereafter they were able to blackmail the government officials, you know, threatening to expose their involvement in it. Who? who oh, wait, wait. Who is they? BP. Uh, the the people, you know, the people that are involved in uh, the world actions. You're talking about just the the elites in general. Well, these people are basically a growth out of the old British trade companies. I mean, that's, this is pretty much stock and trade with them. So what's your theory? What is your theory as to why the – if you believe that it was a setup, if you believe that it was done on purpose, what is your theory as to why? Well, there's a number of ways of profiting from it, but just like the, the political – How on earth would you profit from this? The political actions that are going on in the Middle East right now, the thing with Palestine, the thing with this piracy that the Israelis committed in getting the government to go along with this, you know, them being forced into it, and the threat of exposing their complicity in what happened down in the Gulf, you know, it's like when their gang members, they initially, you know, and as an initiation, they have a murder somebody, and that pretty much ensures their loyalty in the gang. 
I, did, did either of you understand that explanation? Because I, it seemed a little disjointed to me. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. Did either of you understand that explanation? I, I did get um, you know, what he's trying to say. That Dale, did you understand that? Not quite. Okay, Mark, can you l- break it down for me then? Well, that there's uh, that they're they're attempting. There's diff- different ways to use leverage against different people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he's he's giving some suggestions as to how that might be. But I my I guess my real question is: Do you think that there's been a natural disaster in the last couple of decades? You're speaking to me. Yeah. Uh, sure. There's you know there's plenty of natural disasters, but you know if this. If they, the construction practices that I've seen described and what I've looked at, if this wasn't planned, then it, it was like a planned failure. There, there was no way they would, should have had an expectation of this not happening. And the, the government's involvement in it uh, is starting to uh, expose some of it, but I, you know, I'm not saying it did happen, but I think it's certain the circumstances certainly warrant investigating it as. But the government's going to investigate it, right? I mean, isn't the government that's, that's going the to problem, investigate it? That's the problem, yes. Yeah. So that there's no point in investigating if the agency yeah. that committed it is going to be the one investigating it. I'd still like to know how you profit from it. But thank you for the call. Appreciate Insurance? It. 800-259-9231. The insurance company is going in, to investigate. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at bigheadpress.com slash pk. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, including our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website. Free for you. Freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate a business or register a trademark. More importantly, you can create a will, a living trust, living will, uh, those kind of things, things that everybody needs. You can have them, um, and you can get them very cheaply over at LegalZoom.com. It's fast and easy. I've done it myself. They're empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off the already low price at LegalZoom.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We're going to continue here taking your phone calls. Come back to the uh, the oil spill here in a moment. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, let's continue here. Did, did we finish it with Mike? Mike in Georgia? I don't know. Did we take Mike? I can't remember. I spaced out. Mike, if you're there, hello. If not, we'll move on. Ben in Connecticut, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I was just, uh, I had two quick questions. Uh, one, one sort of being a, a self-promoting action as well as trying to get your guys' point of view. Um, I was just wondering, I'm going to Porkfest this year. Um, I'm excited. Great. I got the early bird registration. I, I, I've been pumped for a while. I'm going up with a van full of kids. And a, oh, cool. and a bunch of us were wondering, uh, 
Who's going to be handling security at, at Porkfest? How is that, how is that handled? I mean, I've been reassured by a few people that there'll be no police officers there or, or anywhere near there, hopefully. Well, when you say well, security, I mean, you do understand this is probably going to be the safest place. Yeah, in... oh, oh def- definitely, definitely. Most, I'm sure most of the security will be right next to my tent. Right, yeah. Right. It's, a, it's a decentralized uh, system that we call open carry, where people will... <laughs> there was um, a guy with a claymore there last year. It's a large sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had, he had giant swords strapped to his back. I don't know how he would get it and out it and use it. Um, you yeah. would have to have help to get to get. You're not allowed out. to carry a claymore unless you're wearing a oh, kilt. Well, I, I hope think he's that's there the this rule. year. I'd love to see him. He probably will be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a big sword like that, you you, you might as well drag it out to uh, events like this. But yeah, it's an event where uh, people are fairly well armed in general, whether they're openly uh, displaying them or not so much. Uh, but d- but truth be told, uh, the police did ride through at least one of the nights that I saw. I, I I think I had heard that someone saw a police car drive through, but but there really was not. There definitely was not a sense of a of a police presence there. No, I didn't feel that at all, and I doubt the police would have wanted anything to do with any of us uh, if they know. What, if they know what's going on at that campground, uh, it's just not going to be an easy, you know, it's not going to be an easy mark is the way to put it, because they know they're going to be cameras all over the place. Right. Everyone around, they, you know, even though um, free staters has all, have always been incredibly peaceful, there's really, I can't think of any incident of, uh, to, to the contrary. Uh, there's some, they get nervous when uh, people around them are open carrying. They're, they like to be the only ones with guns. The cops and I do. think there's, yeah, the cops. And I think there's just sort of a sense of, of just sort of being a little more cautious and not trying to get the easy mark that you typically well, they, get because of people are They're afraid, of, they're afraid of the wrong thing. It's our minds that's the real weapon. You're well, right. And, yeah, you're and right. no, I think that's what it is because they know that it's not the gun so much as it is that they know that the activists know their rights. Uh, the activists and the are willing to stand up for it. The fact that they'll the, the, the entire YouTube. scene will end up on YouTube, and if they make any mistakes, the whole world's going to see it. And so I think there's yeah. just like again they they're typically looking for easy marks. They're looking for the easy jobs that make it look like they're catching criminals and do, without actually putting themselves at much risk. You know the the tough crimes, the ones they really ought to be out fighting, the 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 violent crimes, the rapes, the murders, the thefts. Those are riskier for them, and I think it's easier to pull people over and give people tickets and arrest people for marijuana because people people that they arrest for marijuana are very rarely going to be violent. Things like that. So, and uh, and and again, Porkfest is just an example of a case. Uh, it's just not an easy mark for them. So, yeah, I was I, I was just wondering if there was some sort of uh, an organization. I mean, some of my friends were joking about you know talking about like the Hell's Angels at uh, at Woodstock and whatnot. I was just wondering. I was just wondering if there was going to be some sort of a security organization that was going to be there that would be looking over the function other than the, you know, clearly educatedly armed people that were that no, are already I'd say there. that's about it. I mean, if we're going to yeah, have two-way radios... Program, uh, it, it's, it's, it, free, the, the Free State Project is a project of people who believe in decentralization. So, no, we do not have a centralized uh, security program for our uh, project was, about I, decentralization. I, that would be a big contradiction for me, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear. I'm a, I'm, a member, I'm a member of the Free State Project. Okay. I hope to be up yeah. there. I, I live in Connecticut now. I hope to be up there... Uh, uh, around like 2012, if I'm lucky. Oh, cool. fantastic. Well, that's great. We'll look forward to seeing you this summer here in just a matter of weeks. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, we'll be there uh, broadcasting live every night. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So according to bastiatinstitute.org, that's named after Frederick Bastiat, the writer of the law, Kevin Carson writes, in a truly free market, BP would be toast. Advocates for the regulatory state are fond of complaining that things like the financial meltdown, the BP oil spill, and the like are the result of an unregulated marketplace. 
but it was federal loan guarantees that first made securitized mortgages into a marketable asset. And I wouldn't consider a $75 million cap on liability to be exactly laissez-faire. That's right. No matter how bad an oil spill, no matter how many billions of dollars of economic damage it causes, the company is only liable for $75 million over and above the cleanup costs. And they can probably save more than that on the bottom line by deliberately skimping on safety precautions in the first place with a perverse incentive structure, heads heads I win, tails I don't lose. That's exactly the kind of incentive structure that caused Ludwig von Mises to dismiss the Oscar Lange model, model of market socialism as simply playing at the market because the manager had nothing to lose personally. So here we are again with the corporate veil the, the protection of the corporation, a creation by the government for their buddies in business. The BP organization has the protection that says, you guys can basically F a whole bunch of stuff up and you're only liable for $75 million above the cleanup costs. And, and I, I, I'd like to get this verified or not, but I, this is even an, uh, a special deal with the government, the way they were doing this. And my, and my understanding is they didn't own the land where they were drilling. That nope. was... They're releasing it from the government. Probably it's the a, ocean. They probably can't own it. Excellent, yeah, probably excellent. You know, they basically bought the rights to sit there and, and tap the Earth's resources from the government and turn around and just sell it. And uh, it, it just it sounds a sweet deal if you it can is. get in on it. You know, if you're a big, fat corporation and you can get sweet deals like that with the violent organization, it's a great way to, to get some fast cash. Huh? Now, libertarian class analysis tells us that despite what idealistic liberals want to believe, creating such incentive structures is the main thing governments are about. As left-wingers like Noam Chomsky put it, the idea is to socialize risk and cost and privatize profit. And Murray Rothbard described it as our corporate state subsidizing the operating costs of big business. Now let's take a look at instead at how a free market, a real free market, in which all economic actors do business on their own nickel, as opposed to the system of corporate government collusion we've had for over 150 years, might deal with something like the British petroleum oil spill. Now then, Without a government-imposed liability cap, BP would be, able, would be liable to the full value of its assets, not only for cleanup costs, but for the full amount of economic damages resulting from the Deepwater Horizon disaster. Estimates of damages to tourism and fishing center on around $5 billion. Right. But it could be far worse if the slick spreads far enough to affect fishing and boating for Florida's $65 billion tourism industry. Keep in mind, also, that we're not just talking about one-off costs this year. We're talking about big hits to fishing and tourism for years to come. We'll come back with more. What would really happen in a free market to BP after this oil spill? 800-259-9231, or at least one possibility. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free... 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And Dale is joining us from anarchyinyourhead.com. 
lots of great liberty-oriented cartoons and uh, some some videos as well of uh, Dale just kind of uh, ex- expounding on his thoughts about life and things. People actually watch that stuff. Yeah, I don't do. know why. Well, I, I, <laughs> I've watched them. I think they're pretty good. So uh, anarchyinyourhead.com plus the occasional essay as well. Uh, once again, anarchyinyourhead.com to get more of Dale. You know, the AM radio is just filled these days with uh, offers to buy gold at all kinds of different gold companies out there. And, you know, I tried doing this at one point prior to my radio, you know, career, and I found it just dizzying, very difficult. Um, I didn't know what to buy, how to buy it. They made all kinds of offers, numismatic coins, bullion. I didn't know what any of that stuff was. So I decided to make it easy. Um, I compiled some coins that I believe are good for their gold value uh, for um, our listeners at gold.freetalklive.com, whether you want to get – Precious metals as a hedge against inflation, investment, barter currency. I think it's best to buy in lots of 20 rather than, say, one gold coin to hold on to and hoard. You should probably get 20 silver coins or something like that. Um, That's my suggestion. Check it out at gold.freetalklive.com. If you don't have enough money to purchase, say, a roll of uh, silver you know, walking liberties or something like that, you can call 877-857-9938. Do the layaway plan. Uh, they have, you know, you can get a certain amount, you can get a certain amount of coins. Just go on gold.freetalklive.com, see the ones you want, put 20 of them away, and then pay on them weekly or biweekly whenever you get your pay paycheck. And then when, once they're paid off, they'll send them to you. So it's a great way to sort of budget your money and have some uh, precious metals that you can hold on to. It's 877-857-9938 or gold.freetalklive.com. All right. 800-259-9231 is our number. Allows you to bring up whatever you want. Right now in the midst of something here from the Bastiat Institute that I found on the front page of our website. One of our listeners submitted this and enough people voted on it to make it to push it up toward the top of the page. It's called In a Truly Free Market, BP Would Be Toast. Of course, the people that believe in government regulation want you to believe that this is a free market. They want you to think that this, what we are in today is a free marketplace and that it's the darn free market that is allowing these uh, d- d- corporations to come in and destroy things. It's the free market. We need more regulation to put a stop to this. And, of course, there's plenty of regulation out there. There are all kinds of controls and, and, uh, and laws and ordinances and things like that, hoops that these businesses uh, need to jump through. But it's not, all, uh, it's not against the businesses necessarily. In many cases, it just simply provides an illusion of being against the business uh, when regulations actually, in point of fact, provide a, a very restricted marketplace for certain business owners to operate within. And in that restricted marketplace, they're allowed to operate with relative impunity uh, in that they are very, very much not liable for the things that they do. Uh, as, as was pointed out here, the, uh, the story says that $75 million is the, the amount of liability that these companies have, the oil companies have. That, that's nothing for a company that size pennies. either. Especially for, what, for the damage that they did and everything, it's really It's trivial. probably a day's profits. Right, they're saying <laughs> that, that it's... Five hundred million is. I the would damage. even. I think this is probably. A, it sounds like it's a great article that's going to talk about the actual ramifications that would take place were we in a free market. But I would even go further and say that this likely wouldn't happen, or would be a lot less likely to happen in a free market too, because of the liability issues mm-hmm. and things like that, and because they didn't ha- wouldn't have all this protection and stuff. They would be uh, a lot more concerned about the repercussions. 
if in a free market. I right. still think there's going to be uh, mistakes, and it's difficult to say sure. there'll be more mistakes or fewer mistakes. I'll, although I believe what you're saying, Dale, I don't disagree. I think you have to prepare people mentally for the idea that there will be mistakes. Of course, yeah. of course. In, in a world where it's there just, are it gets better over time because yeah. people learn from them. But yeah. I, I agree with Dale because in this situation today that we're in they know there's a very limited liability and so they act accordingly and if they know that they will be fully liable for what they do they will act accordingly uh and so here we go uh so he points out that in a true free market which we don't have in a true free market they would be fully responsible for all of the damage that doesn't just result from the actual uh, and I'm not when I when I say damage I don't mean just the polluted property also the economic damage so the the tourism uh hit that these areas the beach areas that are affected uh might take the fishing industry as he points out here uh, the- you know in a in a, f- a truly free market where people are responsible for what their actions are where companies you know companies would be responsible and I I don't know how the responsibilities would meet out I don't think they would all go to the top guy I think that uh you know different the people that that were responsible for certain actions along the way would be responsible too but it may be that uh, insurance companies that would insure these uh, oil rigs would say it's too dangerous for you to drill in the Gulf, it mm-hmm. may ve- they may very yeah. well say that they may not have gone out there in the first place. Have they, the regulations they, not pushed indeed. them? Indeed, they might go to considerable extra expense to try and drill in a safer way, and it might just be it might be economically more viable to do it that way. When, and, if you took the the um, for one, if you took the the amount of uh, government money that goes into oil research and subsidizing oil companies. Already, you would have a higher cost per gallon of gasoline. That would put things like power, uh, like uh, wind power and solar power, on a, a more equal footing. We wouldn't be forced to subsidize these things, although we're being forced to subsidize them both now, um, which is just silly. So, you know, it, it, the the marketplace would place would be completely different in yes. in, a, in a free market. There would be some real competing energy sources, I think, and you're, I think you're absolutely right about that. But let's talk about the liabilities here. Uh, so it's five billion estimated to damage to tourism and the fishing uh, fishing business there in the the Gulf, and and it could be far far more than that. Of course, keep in mind, says uh, Kevin Carson, that uh, we're not just talking about one-off costs. We're also talking about big hits to fishing and tourism for years to come, especially as the movement of toxic chemicals up the food chain may take Gulf seafood or may make Gulf seafood inedible for generations. It's not just a one-year loss of income from one hundred thirty thousand fishing jobs, but possibly an end. To these people's careers, there are also possible indirect effects of the loss of wetlands increases, or if the loss of wetlands increases coastal areas' vulnerability to hurricanes. And that's not even taking into account the possibility of criminal negligence by BP executives, who apparently rivaled Massey's Energy, or Massey Energy's Don Blankenship in cutting corners for just about every conceivable kind of safety measure and the cleaning out of their personal assets by angry juries. And remember, we're talking about liability in addition to cleanup costs, which were $3.8 billion for the less severe Exxon Valdez spill back in 1989. These cumulative damages stack up pretty tall against BP's total equity, which was around $100 billion, at least before its stock took a hit in the last month or so. So, absent a liability cap, as the flood of individual and class action lawsuits ate up the company's equity, the market pressure for holding robust liability insurance for damages of up to tens of billions of dollars would be a well-nigh non-negotiable prerequisite for economic viability in the industry. And let's face it, after what happened with BP in a legal regime with no limits to liability short of total liquidation of a corporation's assets, insurers will have a pretty significant interest in making sure policyholders don't bankrupt them. So what he's saying there is that 
these companies are going to want the insurance because it's a tremendous risk because they are at, they are will be held personally liable They're, the assets of the company will be on the line and they themselves will be held personally liable so they would want that insurance and in order to deal out insurance on such a risky operation that insurance company you better believe is going to be in there with all kinds of uh, restrictions and, and and inspections and and mandates and right. safety precautions in the absence of a government inspection obviously it's going to be the insurance company that's going to have to do these inspections so the insurance company isn't just going write them like it happens now and it does happen this way the insurance company just writes a policy why because there's government regulators there capping the liability so well this is just a this is just a policy for 75 million dollars big fat hairy deal for a company like bp that you know they they pay their insurance company their insurance company covers it or whatever if bp may very well pay that out of their pocket i don't know but in a free market the insurance company would be liable for wherever it went if it was a billion dollars, two billion dollars, an incredible, uh, you know, yeah. uh, excuse me, was it 75 million, 75 billion? I got confused. Uh, 75 million was the limit on uh, right. anything over the cleanup cost. So, you know, it, it could go anywhere, and the insurance company is going to want to protect itself. But a skeptic would say, well, but there was already the regulations from the federal government. Why would you believe the insurance company would be uh, would be better? There's a little bit of a, they're going to address that here in a moment. Uh, we'll come back with more, and you can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show to get on more radio stations around the country, around the, the world, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You can get signed up and you get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines or forum or the AMP-only podcast. Go and get all the details and get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. And by the way, we did launch the uh, the brand new AMP sign-up system. It allows you to administer your own account. You don't you no longer have to email me whenever you need a credit card number updated or something like that. Uh, it is a much more uh, secure method of and easy to use, more user-friendly method. And we're still ironing some bugs out, so you may be a guinea pig, but it looks like it's working fairly well so far. amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up and to learn more. So just a few more thoughts here from the Bastiat Institute's Kevin Carson. He's talking about what would happen to BP had this oil spill happened in a free market, a truly free market, absent all this governmental coercion. What would happen? Because some people would have you believe that in a free market, it would be crazy. It'd be a disaster. This would be happening every week. But as Dale has pointed out, it's very unlikely that it, it is less likely that something like this would have happened because in the free marketplace, they would be fully liable for their actions. Today, the corporation, which is a file folder, it's a legal fiction, it's a concept that lawyers came up with to protect their buddies in industry. 
the, the corporation protects them from full liability. They have a $75 million liability on top of the cleanup costs, whereas the true liability should be in the billions of dollars because a lot of people's businesses are being harmed, tourism is being harmed, all kinds of people are suffering economically because of this, this BP accident. And in the free marketplace, as Carson points out, they would be fully liable for every single dollar of that now and what comes down the line, years down the line, because it's not just instant. Uh, the, the, you know, the fallout from this is not just instantaneous. It's going to be damaging for to some people's businesses and careers for a long time. And uh, so not only would they be fully liable, but knowing that, they would want to insure themselves. That way they wouldn't have to necessarily cover all of those costs uh, th- themselves if an accident That's what insurance is for. And, but in order to get that insurance, they would have to really get their, their stuff together. They would really have some, some serious... Uh, insurance requirements in order to you know to get the insurance in the first place because no insurance company is going to go out and insure some creaky old oil derrick and they're going to want to make sure that they know exactly what they're getting into and that their risks have been assessed and that it's a it's a good risk so the insurance companies would provide a higher level of uh, of standards because knowing they would be insuring this company to the full value of the damages would mean they would take it pretty seriously unlike the federal government who was providing the regulation before. In our current situation, the federal government is providing the rules. They're providing the uh, the inspectors. And that's not good enough. And here's why. As Carson points out, what passed for federal regulations were ineffectual because, among other things, it's not the federal government's own money that's at risk. Things get downright chummy between regulators and the regulated. Inspectors sleeping with executives. And snorting crystal meth off toaster ovens is what you call public-private partnership, I guess. Seriously, he says, when Congress and the White House are packed with people who all got millions of dollars in campaign contributions from all sorts of regulated industries, and most of the political appointees and regulatory bodies are former directors and vice presidents of corporations in the regulated industries, how tough do you think that regulation's going to be? Last I heard, brown pelicans don't contribute much to campaign funds. But if relations between regulators and regulated aren't really all that adversarial, you know what is adversarial? Relations between insurers and the insured. Insurance companies are notorious for not liking to, play, uh, to pay claims and for taking an adversarial view of poly- policyholders who make them, especially when slipshod safety measures mean multi-billion dollar payouts from the insurance company's own funds. And the adversarial relationship is likely to entail things like actual inspections, Remember we told you the story here a couple weeks ago about how the federal government's inspectors, yeah, they come by whenever they felt like it. They had a certain schedule that they were supposed to be doing, but they didn't do it. And, you know, it's no big deal. There's not going to be any kind of punishment for them for not going out and actually doing the inspections they were supposed to do. And when they actually did go out, they'd spend two hours on a massive oil derrick and eyeball a few things. And then, like they're saying, here, go snort some uh, some meth uh, with their buddies on the oil derrick. So uh, back to the story here, the, especially when the slipshod safety measures mean a multi-billion dollar payout, uh, the adversarial relationship is like to entail actual inspections to make sure the fail-safe devices work, maybe requiring relief wells as a standard precaution, things like that. Insurance companies take the kind of adversarial attitude toward the insured that liberals only wish government regulators took toward the regulated industries. But That's for, the truth, you yeah. know. And they somehow or another, the the, the I, I on Facebook, you've got a I've got a variety of people out there, and I I see some friends of mine boycott BP as if boycotting BP is going to do anything. 
one thing. It's not. It's simply not. And uh, you know, I, I actually explained it to them, and, and they don't have any other solutions, so they keep on saying boycott yeah. BP. Um, and I well, understand... And eliminating the state certainly isn't one of their possibilities. Oh, I don't know uh, with this guy, but he, we haven't gotten that far in that conversation. I see. Um, the... But, you know, what? what is boycotting BP going to do? They're just going to go into research and wholesale of oil, if that's the case. I mean, it was the it, the government's got them protected from liability to, to, to a great deal from with their with their laws. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was the government that did it. And likely Halliburton um, was it was thoroughly involved. The government, um, you know, was the re- with a regulatory body overseeing them. So this is a governmental issue right, as so much punish, as it is a uh, mistake made by a company in the so punish the operators that are uh, selling the gas i mean because right. really i mean that's what you're talking about right the guys that are making a penny per gallon uh trying to sell you gas and a they, pack they of don't cigarettes even, right they, yeah they want to sell you the cigarettes and the the, the candy bar on yeah. the inside so and i like how he points out that uh, that insurance companies take the kind of adversarial attitude toward the insured that liberals only wish government regulators took toward regulated industries you can get uh people that support the government to admit that uh, it's not good enough. You know, the, the government is not clearly not doing enough. They need to do more, right? This never has done enough, and it right. never will do enough, unfortunately. It's a common viewpoint that, you know, well, if we just elect the right people, and then they could, uh, you know, appoint the right people. Okay, yeah, I admit that there's regulatory capture, which is where the people that are in the industry come into the regulatory boards, and they create the rules, and they're, it's a, it's a good but old we could pass network. a law against that. That right. wouldn't happen anymore. But if we just elect Barack Obama, then he'll change all that. Well, did he? No, he didn't. And, uh, and the the idea that you could ever change that situation with some sort of a top-down, uh, well, we'll just elect the right person and that will change everything is such a fantasy. It absolutely it, is. It ignores because the incentives. The, these same people want to see union jobs protected. Well, what do you think these government regulators that were doing the crank off the toaster oven um, and sleeping with executives and things like that, what do you think they are but government unionized employees? You'll never be able to get rid of them the problem isn't the politicians it's well the problem's half the politicians the other half's the bureaucrats you can't even do anything about them you could change every politician in washington dc you'd still have the bureaucrats sorry the government isn't even run by the politicians it's run by the bureaucrats whoever's in there is getting bought by these companies i mean if you look at them the the companies uh donate to both sides almost almost eat down the middle like they they contribute Pretty to Republican much. or Democrat. They don't care who wins. Everybody's they, got their bottom. price. Everybody's <laughs> got their price. That, that that's that's the bottom the line. Saint, the person the, right. the person you're talking to that's outraged about the Gulf getting dumped into, ask you, you ask them what is their price? Would they have overlooked inspections if they were the guy? Would they have overlooked it if for a hundred thousand dollars a year? Would they have overlooked a for a million dollars a year? So this is they they'll have to admit at some point. Yeah, I'd live in Costa Rica like a king for the rest of my life uh, if if I just looked the other way one time. Sure, and that's the that's the issue. Well, okay, but even if even if you came across somebody who would be dishonest with you and say I wouldn't even take twenty million dollars, well, I wouldn't even take two hundred million. It's uh, so important to me that I would be the best regulator ever. Oh yeah. Well, what about the other guys? Right, because <laughs> yep. the idea. So do that, you think other people would do it? And do you think that somehow the government can keep them out? Yeah. 
the idea that uh, even if you elected that one guy who was impenetrable, you could not break him. You could not. Oh yes, offer you could. Him. You would be the government, and you would get his butt run out on a rail because the rest of them will, are willing to take the bribes. They don't yeah. want anything to do with some They'd guy set like you that. Up. They'd well, set I just you up. Some guy, that guy like that will, will either get fired and um, never work for the government again, or he'll spend the rest of his life in prison. And a picture of the guy, too. I th- I'm sure this happens. The guy's in there, and he's like, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be mm-hmm. principled about this. And he is being principled, but, but you know, no one else is. And so he isn't really making a difference. Right. And how long do you think that's going to last? He's like, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not accomplishing anything. Yeah, it's like I'm not accomplishing anything like I wanted to. There's no hope of me doing it. Yeah. And so I may as well be happy. I so. might as well send my kids to college and uh, retire sweet, sweet pension, etc. But yeah, you're right, Mark. That's, that's an interesting point. I wouldn't have uh, thought to make that one, that, uh, that, that essentially if they were really too goody-goody, they'd be on the outs. All right, so hour number three is on the way. You can bring up what you want. Your call's next, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial on in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Still to come, Mark, uh, you've got something about the camera being the new gun. I'd like to get to that, but your calls are the primary element here. Dale joining us from anarchyinyourhead.com. And we go to your phone calls, 800-259-9231. Let's start with Phil, listening to WSVG in Mount Jackson, Virginia. Hello, Phil. Hi. Hey, Phil, what's on your mind tonight? All right. Um, I usually don't call to bring up individual stuff that's going on in our government bills and so forth, but uh, there's a little something that I think that a lot of people should be aware of that is on the table right now because it's going to affect almost everyone directly okay. in your everyday lives. Um, I don't know. Are you all familiar with how debit cards work and that there's an interchange fee that's collected by the bank or the credit union that you have your debit card through? Meaning, uh, meaning when you, what? when you make a charge, when you do a charge, when you swipe your card to pay for something from a merchant, the merchant has to pay an interchange fee back to the, uh, the financial institution that you're with. As now, that's the same as a credit card fee, right? Yeah, it's, it's a 3% similar. Typically? Yeah. They, they, I mean, same thing. It's the same little fee. It's cost of doing business. Sure. Well, there's there's an, uh, an amendment in this new financial reform package, and it's always reform when they're going to just regulate more. But there's this amendment. It's called the Durban Interchange Amendment, which would pretty much take all that those interchange fees and say, 
okay, banks, you're not entitled to any of that money, even though it's your account that you're, you know, holding for this person. It is, you know, you, you're not entitled to these fees anymore. Who is? Well, apparently, these small businesses who are hurt by this. Now, of course, this also has been pushed forward by lobbyists from Walmart and other big businesses. Now, do you think any of those businesses are going to lower their prices like this, like these politicians think that they will? Because, oh, now see, now they want to pay the interchange fee. They'll get to keep that, so they'll lower their prices. It doesn't no. seem likely because, um, you know, they, it's not like they have a lower cash price than they do a debit card price. Because there's different fees on using a debit card than there are on using a, uh, a credit card. There's it's, different fees on different credit card companies, Right, different too. credit cards have different... Um, so they don't have a... Because uh, I know that American Express is the most expensive one, having been in retail in the past. So they don't have an American Express price and a Visa price and a MasterCard price and a debit card price and a cash price. So uh, those those aren't being uh, passed on to the customer. I think that, uh, you know, maybe there would be a uh, sort of over, you know, they might very well drop it a penny or two just because their overhead is decreased and uh, the marketplace would cause the, you know, would cause everybody to go into a sort of a competition mode there. But I, w- I don't expect you'd see any kind of notable decrease. But wait a minute. I want to make well, sure. Well, let me, Phil, well, Phil, well, hold well, on. Let me... Question for clarification. Now, when you're talking about the interchange fee, and I don't know what all of the internals are of the uh, the banking industry and the credit card is business. Is this only going to affect debit cards, or is this uh, is this also going to right, affect all credit cards? Right, right now, it's only going to affect debit cards. They are there is plan work to enact something similar on credit cards. Because I had bill. what I had heard about credit card companies was that they were going to limit the amount of fees, like to you know one and a half percent as opposed to uh, three or something like that. Uh, they haven't worked out anything on that because they haven't worked on that legislation because right now they want to push this through. This is one of those late-night backroom, no-one-actually-read-the-amendment the type, type of deals that we see all the time in Congress. But what happened, what's happening with this also is that that interchange fee is, is one of the reasons why banks, and, and I bring up credit unions because I work for a credit union, and they just made us aware of this today, that's the reason why they can offer free checking, a free debit card use, free online access, free web building. All these things get for free are because they are usually because they're paid for with the interchange fee. Mm-hmm. At least that, I know that's how we're structured. I've worked for a couple other banks. That's how it's structured. I'm not going to say who I work for. for sure, no, reasons. there's no reason for that. But if the credit union I work for, if this goes through, we lose $250 million a year in income. And the credit union is not for profit. So it's not like... Oh, yeah. we're worried that's going to kill our stock price. No, this means that now we have to raise we have to raise our interest rates because the reason any profit we turn goes back to our membership. So that's a mess. Now and now you have to now we have to start charging fees. Now we're going to start looking at charging fees for having a checking account, fees for possessing a debit card, fees for having this online access. And we're looking Jeez. at we're going to need just to be able to provide the service. We need to collect twelve dollars in fees. For these services per month, per person, just to keep it afloat. And I thought, Man. this is okay. So you're screwing the financial institutions, and you're screwing the consumers both ways because they're not going to save any money really from these interchange fees going back to the merchants. Nor are you helping them on the bank end because now they're going to be charged fees from their bank just to have everyday products that they now have for free. 
Yeah, it's it, it's the politicians once again believing that they can magically wave a wand and make something free, um, or you know, ch- to ch- to change the marketplace. Change the, economy, the fact yeah. is that. It costs money to move those little uh, ones and zeros through the air. Mm-hmm. It costs money to print up those those little plastic cards. It costs money to transact between bank accounts. Those things cost money, and you know that's just the way it is. That's nope. why and and and, and uh, businesses don't have to offer credit card machines if they don't want to. They can do business in just cash if that's what they wish to do. But they don't wish to do that because they want to be able to get more customers through the door and give them convenience. Now what about exactly. uh, now what about the gateways? I mean, what about uh, because when you're dealing with a credit card, and, and I, I know a little bit about this because I've set up the uh, authorized.net. Uh, there are credit card gateway provider. When you're when you're taking credit cards or debit cards, you're taking the Visa, Mastercard backed kind of uh, cards, whether they be credit or debit or prepaid. Uh, you are you have to have a gateway. You have to have a company that is essentially the go between. Uh, between you and the bank or you and the financial institution, uh, will they still be collecting a fee on? Uh, I mean, I imagine that's the case. So, there's... oh yeah, they will. You see, it's only the bank's uh, the interchange fee that's going to get cut out of this. I see. You know, Visa and Mastercard themselves will still make their money, but your bank, and this goes all the way down to the local level. And you see, the whole point was to punish those banks who ruined our economy. The problem is, is that. You're really punishing all the small community banks mm. who this is how they stay afloat and mm. offer products that are competitive with the larger God. banks. What it's going to do is going to eliminate competition by doing this. You're going to As to if get- the banking industry wasn't having a tough enough time in this economy with all the banks shutting down, closing. I mean, we've, we've as Sam pointed out the other week, that there's been more uh, banks closing this year than there were last year. It's just no one's talking about it. I think no, this is and- a, another move to make Bank of America... Literally, the, the bank, bank of America. America. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this as, as someone who, who's been watching this go on. It's like they, they want to put their foot on the throats of all these uh, institutions and lump everybody together as the big, bad banking industry. Well, let's not forget your small community banks, your credit unions, they didn't never engage in any of this, the subprime stuff that mm-hmm. was part of what happened in the first place, yet... They're going to be the ones who first take the fall. So sad. You know, and, and the, the, the very idea that these spineless politicians, and everybody knows that that's what they are, um, are, are the ones that are going to stand up and, and actually stand against the banks when the banks are the ones giving the big banks. I'm not talking about the little ones. The big banks are giving them money for their campaigns and all that other stuff. The big banks are one of the ones that are actually financing their way into Washington, D.C., financing their stay while they're there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, financing their income. The idea that they're going to stand up and champion for the little guy. No, they're going to put on more uh, theater that they always put on. And and it's going to it's going to put a every time they pass some one of these regulatory things, it puts a bigger clamp on small businesses. I'm sure the bigger Uh, banks know know that and want that. What they're going to end up doing is they're going to champion people like me who just go to work and for 40 grand a year and do my job and come home. They're going to champion me right out of a job. Man, and I am sorry and, to hear and, about that. And hundreds and hundreds of other people are going to lose their jobs because it's just in my company over time. I mean, well, they right, say they're not going to be able to do it, but I can't, the, I can't see how they're going to do business any other way. The, the big banks 
probably support this legislation because they are likely, you know, running their own uh, Visa, Mastercard operations. They're, you know, they're they're doing things uh, at a at a level at which they could probably still offer free accounts to people. And then the little banks have these extra costs that they're taking on because they just don't have the economies of scale, and so now they can't offer free accounts anymore. And people are going to look at that. They're going to say free account, twelve dollars a month. They're going to bulk at the twelve bucks, and they're going to go with the big banks. And it's uh, let I us know what happens. Phil, tell about it. Thank. Let us keep us in the loop as to what happens with this. I appreciate the call. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Our bulletin board system is there with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Head over to bbs.freetalklive.com and get interactive. Have you tried to lose weight before but failed? I've had the same problem. I, you know, Getting to the gym isn't always easy. you got a busy family life, uh, you know, the, the idea of cutting down and uh, dieting, eh, I've never been really very good at that. But I found a product, that uh, you know a, a, an item called uh, Caraluma, and I, I wasn't able to find a product that I liked that had the concentration levels that I liked. So I went, you know, found a friend who would make it for me, and it's called LumaThinPlus.com. I am endorsing it. You can go to LumaThinPlus.com, see my picture there, and uh, you know, they'll do the whole thing. LumaThinPlus.com. It's even priced so that you can do it for less than a dollar a day. So you can lose weight the easy way. And do it for a dollar a day, LumathinPlus.com. Lots of uh, information about Lumathin Plus available on last night's podcast. We did an extended uh, interview where I asked you some, uh, what I considered, you know, the, the tough questions that I can think of to uh, to ask you about it. So hope you felt like your feet were held a little bit to the flames. I didn't time. because I felt like I created the product in as, in as much integrity as I could. Yeah. Uh, so but, well, I, mean, I asked the questions that I thought deserved to be asked in that, in that case. Uh, so you can get that from last night's podcast at freetalklive.com. We continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Let's talk to Charles in Alaska. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Charles. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I was uh, listening to the radio the other night, and uh, me and my friend were driving back from hunting, and uh, there was this gentleman on a program on 750 AM talking about the Citizens Auxiliary Police Force in California, which I have never heard of. I can I, I laughed when I heard about it, and I can only assume it is what Obama was preaching about when he said that our military was desperate for a citizen counterpart, which I just got out of the Marine Corps myself. I never heard anyone in the Marine Corps even breathe a word about something like that. What this gentleman was doing is he was going to, of all things, the A-Team movie and dragging people out of line that looked like they were, in my opinion, patriotic. Anyone wearing an American flag T-shirt, uh, American flag patches on their clothing, camouflage pants, uh, basically stuff most, most veterans would wear. And they'd go up to these people and they would say, you know, excuse me, sir, you know, why are you coming to see this? They got an answer that they didn't like or that they thought the person might be going to see that because they believed what these gentlemen in the movie were doing were correct. 
The they A team would physically pull them out of line. That's what I thought I heard too. Basically interrogate them. The A team movie. Yes, sir. It, it, they said the first time they did it was a week or two ago at a uh, the previewing or the uh, the one where they get the uh, the estimates for how good they think the movie's going to be. Okay, I knew immediately when you said Citizens Auxiliary Police what you're talking about. What you have encountered is what I consider to be one of the best talk radio shows uh, in America today, the Phil Hendry Show. Uh, That was it. Yeah, the uh, Phil Hendry Show. Was it your first time hearing the Phil Hendry Show? It was. Usually I listen to Alex Jones most of the time. Uh, but. Okay, well, you've been duped, and uh, that's what the Phil Hendry Show does. It's a brilliant uh, satire, satirical show where Phil Hendry, the host, plays the voices of his guests. You spoiled so, it for so many people now who I, it's had a, an opportunity to be duped, and now they're going to be prepared. It, it's oh, well. <laughs> so great. Uh, I, it's I'm just a, a joke. I'm a fan. Uh, I, I love the Phil Hendry Show. He's, a, he's uh, one of my influences, and the, the guy is hands down the most talented talk show host in the business. Uh, there's nobody out there who can carry on a conversation with himself like <laughs> Phil Hendry. The man is is brilliant. He has multiple characters. In many cases, he can have multiple characters on with him. He's got himself, Phil Hendry. He's got uh, his his producer, Bud Dickman. Uh, he's got some <laughs> other producer. Uh, sounds like a black dude. I don't know what his name is. He's relatively new, and I have it. I, I don't listen a whole lot these days. Uh, but when I when I come across it, so he's got at least two producers in the studio with him. He's got his boss, David G. Hall, that calls in. Uh, sometimes and harangues him live on the air, and a, 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 probably a dozen different sort of regular guests that they have. All oh the yeah, time. more than a and dozen. It's all him. More, yeah. more than a dozen, and female. He d- does female voices, ch- children's voices, uh, male voices. <laughs> uh, you know, it, he does accents, and it's just he. Literally, if you go and you look for Phil Hendry uh, on YouTube, you can see the man in action. And it's it's one thing listening to the show; it's another thing to actually see him. He's got a phone in one hand. Just a regular handset phone in one hand, and the other, uh, he's got a microphone in front of him, and he's literally going back and forth between uh, between the two. So he's got his mic, uh, and he's got one hand on his board, so he's turning his mic on and off or potting it up and down as he goes over to talk on the phone off off mic. And then he goes right back on mic, and he, he just jumps from character to character, and he's so good and so practiced at it, it's rare that you'll hear him mess up. Sometimes you'll hear him laugh on the phone, or you'll hear him break character occasionally, or he'll lose the accent See, now a little that bit. You- now that Ian has explained it to you, the next time you listen to the show, you'll catch that. You'll realize, yeah. oh, this is this guy doing all these voices. Right, and he never talks over himself. Obviously, and then you, that's But not you do possible. get some real callers in. The real callers are the ones where people are outraged because, oh, he's, because his story is so outrageous. Calling in just completely out of their mind upset that someone even considered doing something yeah. like this yeah so they took the bait it's See, purposely outrageous yeah, yeah. so so you took you know you fell for it but you didn't call in uh otherwise you would have been one of those suckers that uh, that called in so basically it's kind of like a reverse uh, phone prank if you, if you think about it because then when, when you typically do a, a phone prank you're uh, masquerading as a character or you're you know you've got some sort of ludicrous premise that uh, that you would call into a talk show he's actually running the prank in reverse by creating the ludicrous premise or character and putting them on as the guest on his show and then essentially reverse cranking people by having the suckers uh, call in. It, it, and when I first heard his show was when I was working in radio in, in Sarasota, Florida. And they it was, I think, what was he, evenings at that time? Yeah. Uh, and he's, he does an overnight show today. He does today. overnights now. But uh, when I first heard it, I didn't get, you know, it took me a long time to figure it out. It took me listening for a, a number of times to to finally figure it out. And uh, he's just that good. Anyway, so there's my plug for, the, for our company. 
There's my plug for our competition. <laughs> well, I didn't uh, know yeah, about the A-Team movie it. until you called in. So yeah, is there an? Is it out the A-Team movie? Is it? Uh, it's yeah, it's uh, coming out soon, sir. There you go. So there, th- there's your answer. Anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, no, sir. That's it. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Phil Hendry is the only show I ever actually paid to access the talk a talk show website. And to his credit, it is a fairly extensive uh, talk show website. Like you can go way back in the archives and listen to old school. And he's kind of lost his edge. I've I've listened to uh, to his show recently. You know, I got the new internet radio thing in my uh, my bedroom, the alarm clock internet radio, and so I can actually uh, listen. I, I listen to our our affiliate WXNT in Indianapolis. They carry his show on overnight. So if I'm up late enough, I'll I'll listen to some of it. And he's he just doesn't quite have the same flavor that he used to a, de- a decade ago but i'm glad he's back to doing characters because he, well, he, he left for, for a while. reason um you know yeah. I mean, he, he, he left radio for a reason yeah he and got tired of that it. reason was he was tired sick and tired of doing this character shtick that right. he was doing and i feel it's gotta like, be exhausting i feel like it's tired i i, I feel like you've it's never been, liked phil henry though. no i never have i i've after you i i liked it at first the first couple of weeks i heard it oh this is kind of neat they're tricking people and stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know and i'm done with it i you know i've 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 heard it's old for me yeah it's whole to me it's old so uh, because there's always a new batch of suckers that uh that you know has never heard the show but i don't get off on seeing people act you know treated like fools (laughs) sorry i'm not interested (laughs) see i knew i could tell it was fake though the moment i heard it that's why it was so funny i did i didn't really have much sympathy for the people who were fooled by it and called in right i i I, I have sympathy for you're an idiot you deserve that what did you not like candid camera either mark i mean it's kind of a similar concept there are times when uh, candid camera was funny and there's other times they made fools of people harmless pranks more coming up you can bring up what you want this is free talk live have you ever wished that you could buy sell and trade in silver in your community Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Lots of features there. And unlike the Phil Hendry Show and those other talk shows out there, we give our site away for free. You get all the archives going all the way back to the beginning of 2009 in our podcast, and right there on the front page as well, uh, the last week or so. You get it all for free, and so enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Listening options are available, by the way. you got live streams around the clock, broadband and dial-up versions, plus our webcam, which is brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. Yeah, MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBIX, Zenpax, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel and HP at up to 99% off of list price. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They're in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. We continue on with your calls about what you want. Doug is in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Doug. 
Jones is Doug Danger, uh, <laughs> as a gay man and a gay journalist. I just want to say, Dale, uh, I blow too. I mean, journalism blows, right? So, as journalists, aren't we okay? That's a Phil Hendry thing, of it's course. It's a Phil Hendry character, yes, Doug Danger. <laughs> yeah. Who I love as well. Hey, but I got a question for you. I'm driving up north of the cabin with my nephew, and he's 13 and obnoxious. Okay, he's always like screaming, and, and he's not holding still and doing anything. Oh, damn it! These stupid games, and he keeps on like slug bug and, and all this kind of crap. Blood bug, and slug I, bug. Oh, slug bug. Yeah. Every you know, time you see a bug, like you a, get hit. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. It's an oh. awful game. Okay. <laughs> what can we do? <laughs> Jesus Christ, kid. Wow, are you all alone? Is it just you and him? Yeah, What's... we're going to the kitchen. I'm taking my mom. You need to beat yeah, that child. I'm kidding. Badly because, you know, here, here's the thing. Um, sometimes. <laughs> what do you do? What, what does this do? What, what is that? So, Doug, is it fair to say, Doug, that you don't have children? So he's got a video game, but he's, he has more fun, like, annoying me, I think. Yeah. Maybe it's because you're letting him get to you. I don't know. I mean, it's, it can't be easy. Do you have kids, Doug? No, I don't. I mean, this is why I don't have kids. You, have you tried putting them in the trunk? What are you doing? Come on, I'm driving here. Mark, you're the only dad here. Uh, what, what are you going to do? I mean, wow, this is like, I, like I've got a 13-year-old? I gotta, I gotta turn you down here just because it's so loud and obnoxious here, Doug. Uh, well, we get an answer from Mark. Uh, Mark, I mean, you gotta speculate now. I mean, wh- what's Jack gonna be like in another, uh, another decade? How are you gonna handle it? I suspect that uh, you'll find that uh, when somebody wants to screw with you, the ba- the biggest uh, reaction, the better, the they like it more, the bigger reaction you give them. So, yeah, you're giving them a reaction. We used to play a game as kids, you know, the letter game. You look for the letters and the sign. Yeah. I tried to introduce this to them. I don't think you can read though. <laughs> All right, I mean, let's keep on, hey, let's play, are we there yet? And, you know, the, the alphabet game. And, and this is a 13-year-old? This is a 13-year-old? Four. What do you mean four? How many more hours do you have to be in the car with him? Uh, I got a, a two-hour drive here. Okay, well, it's not the end of the world, then. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, we'll, we'll open the phones up tell and him, see if... Tell him stories of your youth. He'll become enthralled. Are you get, get him a sugary treat, and then he'll have a carb crash. Drugs. He'll have an insulin crash. Thanks him, for the call, Doug. Give him, give him a couple luck. of Benadryls. <laughs> I'm going to open the phones up here to anybody. I mean, obviously, the phones are always open here. But the question on the table is from Doug. He's having a tough time. He's got a 13-year-old with him, driving in the car. He's driving him crazy. What, do you, what does he do? What should he do? It's two hours. Not the worst trip. It could be longer. It could be much worse. Uh, but w- w- what would you do if you were in his situation? I- I'm sure we have parents listening who have been through this before, and they know exactly there's got to be some sort of easy solution. I'm telling you, banana split with lots of sugary toppings on it, the kid will have a carb crash and fall asleep. How carb- about bribery? Bribery always uh, is, a, I think, a good uh, possibility where you could uh, essentially tell the child, if you know what the child likes, uh, you could tell him that, well, if he's a good boy, then he'll get X, maybe the banana split, uh, down the line once you get to the destination. That's a possibility. I, I think the rewards or incentive system is uh, is a good one. Yeah. Oh, you're looking for serious solutions. Okay. Yeah, man. He's got a serious situation on his hands there. I mean, would you want to be in that uh, in that car? I can tell you, I had him on the phone here for three minutes or however long that was, five minutes, and I didn't want him on the phone very long. The shrieking child in the background sounded like more like a three-year-old. You think the guy who called in with the Phil Hendry joke actually had a 
person in the car with him? Yeah, that was, that, that was my thought. Is he's a Phil Hendry? Uh, no, he was on hold. Bill Hendry. No, Phil he Hendry was on. Thing. No, he was on hold uh, before the guy from the the Phil. The so Phil you Hendry have some guy. evidence, okay? So yeah, I mean, it, it, you don't. Do you think it was him making those noises in the background? No, maybe it didn't that sound like it. But sounded I, like I, a child. I, I, he was doing a really good impression. If that's the case, yeah. Either way, the question still stands. Even if even if that uh, even if it were true that he was uh, playing a game with us, the question still stands because parents have to deal with this crap. You know, you've got a kid in the car; they're uh, they're ADD or whatever. They've got an attention issue. They can't. You, you give them the video game system, and that's not good enough. What else? What else? Can I think you do? part of it is it's you know if the kid's behaving like that, then you've probably already screwed it up. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff you do as you're raising your child. Uh, that that prevents that situation, I think, and you know, and and if you start presenting, for instance, if you start presenting to a parent that maybe spanking your child and other sorts of uh, corporal punishment are not the way to raise your your kids, they'll say, "Well, but my kid, you know, my kids will be totally out of control if I don't spank them." And I'm like, "Well, have you thought that if you had you exercise different options, some some other some other methods?" While raising your child, that maybe mm. it wouldn't get to that point. Maybe they would show you the respect that you deserve as the person who is controlling the wheel of a machine that is traveling at a tremendous rate of uh, speed that could possibly, you know, if you lose control of that machine, will, uh, you know, maybe end your lives. Uh, to show the respect that uh, the person who's behind the wheel deserves. I agree with that uh, that statement, Dale. But nonetheless, there still must be something that he could yeah. do uh, to... Uh, now he's got... Now you got... Now you're in putting out fires mode instead of preventing the fires I agree mode. with that. The prevention is certainly better than a, a pound... What, ounce of pre- prevention better than a pound of, of cure. Yeah, I have to say, uh, and, and I'll say this too, I mean, all these... I've seen a lot of homeschooled children in New Hampshire. Just amazingly, they seem well very behaved. happy kids, very well behaved. They socialize well. And uh, and that's why I always often wonder, people who think homeschooled kids are weird, I think that that's, I think that so that's well a bias because they're used to seeing kids, they, what they're used to seeing is kids who are maladjusted and, mm, and being out. acting out because they're being held, they're not being allowed to mature at the rate they normally could. I think this and is so absolutely that, true. You know. If you read the book Lord of the Flies, you said, "Oh my God, people would degenerate if children would degenerate without adult control." Mm-hmm. But that's that's half of it. This is what they act like in large groups. So what do we do with them? We put them in large groups and then put yeah. adu- adults sort of in charge of them. Of course, they use cor- corporal yeah, punishment one, to keep yeah, them in charge. One adult, like thirty kids, and then yeah, then you have to do the resort to extreme measures versus like uh, a situation which is healthy for kids is yeah to have socialization with other kids in reasonable amounts and but with lots of adults. Around Around too, and you want kids not to learn from each other how to socialize. We want them learning from adults. You know, that's the whole idea. Is like they learn by watching and seeing adults interact with each other, and go, "Oh, that's how I'm supposed to behave in a peaceful, interactive manner with other people." You it's, know, I I believe that to be absolutely true, Dale. Um, and you know, the the homeschool kids that I've seen are entirely respectful, and I it's not because they're beat or cowed into submission or anything like that. It, it's not. They've necessary. grown up around adults. Yeah, well, right. I mean, it's an old. Uh, one of the old axioms that I learned a long time ago, and I think has been very important in my development, is that the people that you associate with, the people who whom you are friends with, are going to uh, bring you up, or they're going to bring you down. Another way I heard uh, I've heard that placed or said is that you're the average of the people that you spend your time with. Basically, yeah. You know, if you spend your time with a bunch of losers, you're probably a loser. If you spend your time with winners, then you're more likely to, uh, you know, to, to be a winner. And so the same thing applies to to children. If they spend their time around other children, they'll be more childlike. If they spend their time around a- adults, then they'll be more adult-like. 
And in fact, uh, Dave Ridley over at RidleyReport.com just put up a Ridleyo uh, just recently about this very issue. Really? Uh, he interviewed Miller Travis, who is Brian, uh, one of our one of the movers here to New Hampshire, and he's young. He's 17, but he talks about how now that he's around more adults, that he feels that he can tell that he has matured significantly as a result. He's of a mature young man. He's around. More coming up here in the remaining moments. Time for your call about what you want. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call if you make it right now. Again, it's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and you'll get a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live onto more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and... Uh, you know, spread the message of freedom. Go on over to promote.freetalklive.com and thank you in advance for everything that you do to help get Free Talk Live out there into more ears as we continue with your phone calls. Paul is listening in Charleston to WVTS. Hello, Paul. Paul. Hi. Hey, yeah, hi, here. how you doing? What's on Howdy. your mind tonight? Uh, hey, I wanted to kind of comment on your uh, ADD um, with that kid calling up and yeah, the, honestly, uh, I don't even know if ADD really exists. I think just boredom and uh, teenagers. But go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I think it's a big scam. And, you know, if you look at and all, all it is is a way for people to be put on drugs, prescription drugs, which do nothing more than harm to our body. Every prescription drug has a side effect. And when this, I mean, if you think about ADD, attention deficit disorder, and that all other all that other stuff out there that they're promoting, we, we as people are naturally, we naturally, we want attention from others. It's, a, it's, a, it's an instinct. You know, we, mm-hmm. we want to have attention with other people. Sure. And, and these, these parents are sort of, I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent, but I, I have been around a lot of children, and I have watched people raise children, and I chose not to have children. And I think that they really depend on medical science way too much. And I've actually seen parents put teenagers on, on volume. And I'm like, you got to be kidding volume? me. Volume? Volume. Gotcha. Yeah, the doctor prescribes a low, da- a low dose volume to them so they go to sleep because uh, they're like 12, 11, 12, and they're kind of like irate, and, and the mother can't handle it or the father can't handle it. And they go to the doctor. I'm like, you, you've got to be kidding me! These these prescription drugs are killing people, and 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 it's also poisoning our water supply. And I I just wish that really really that people would seriously seriously just take a good hard look at, at the side effects of these drugs. And if we're going to get st- kids started on drugs at you know nine, ten, eleven, or twelve. 
my gosh, by the time they get to 60, 70 years old, and you've seen it before in people, how many, how many senior citizens do you see that are taking 12, 13, 14 prescription drugs a day because every drug that they've taken um, because of prescriptions and, and, and medical diagnosis leads into side effects, and these side effects lead into more problems and then more drugs get put Yeah, off. I share a lot of you, I share a lot of your concerns, and I thank you for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate it at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think that I think that the medical uh, community and especially the government people are more are very quick to jump to dro- drugging children as the solution to a behavior problem. It's the easy out. Yeah, yeah? and it's a, Here, just, just like, take a pill. It's just like you know, if uh, the, you know the the asylums or the home, the group homes and things where they have to take care of uh, people with some sort of mental disability mm-hmm. or things like that it's also the easy out there and you know because these are these are people who need or high maintenance uh children if you have 30 of them in a room with one adult like we were talking about that's a high maintenance situation and so the easy out is to drug them up you know i think that the i think that add exists i think it's at the end of a continuum i think a lo- everybody has attention issues and uh you know people with add have huge attention dis- issues but in many cases, it's people that just are bored, yeah. kids that are bored. It, it, agreed. I, I think that the I personally believe that many, many of the cases, probably most of the cases, maybe the vast majority of the cases are, are diagnosed that, you know, they, they just want to give them drugs and yeah. solve yeah, the problem. Yeah, used to kids in this regimented situation in public school. There's going to seem to be a lot of ADD. <laughs> yeah. The, um, but I... I had a girlfriend who thought, that, actually it was a fiancé, who thought that uh, I had ADD. She was convinced, <laughs> you know, and she was one of these sort of uh, people that hypochondriacs, the doctors can fix anything, that kind of thing. So, you know, after a while, I'm like, sure, maybe maybe my life would be better if I took some pill. I'll try it. And oh, so I went to a psychiatrist and because uh, those are the ones that can, uh, you know, pr- give prescriptions. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. You might have ADD. Here's a, pres- here's a script. You know, so I paid for my appointment and we essentially paid for the s- prescription to get the, the drug, paid for the drug, took the drug. Uh, what drug I, was it? Do you recall? Oh, I don't remember what the name of it was, hmm. but it was the, the drug you give people who have ADD. Riddle? If it was Adderall, you were, you were probably uh, that sounds ha- like- having a nice day after that. No, it's, I- kind of a, it's kind of a drug. It's, it's become sort of a recreational drug for some people. It's, it's speed. What I experienced, and I don't know what it's uh, like. I don't know what it's like for everybody taking the, this. But what I experienced was this drug that sort of made the whole world fuzzy and blurry. It just you know what? Didn't... I should qualify. I'm not a doctor. That's just my. I'm sorry. Before anyone <laughs> takes that at face value, go ahead. I don't know anything about Adderall. <laughs> Anybody who takes uh, you know drug taking advice from you is gets what they deserve. So yeah. fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, just it just wasn't clear. Not, the, not your vision, but I, your head. Yeah, like... I couldn't focus uh, on you know a task, and I tried it for a few days, and I decided because the you know the doctor said you got to give it a few days, and I tried it for a few days, and I decided if this is what if this is what real life is like, I'm not interested. I'll I'll go back to whatever ADD. Thing I've got going on. If that's the case, I I like my world the way it is. I don't I don't don't need this. You know, this is not a, a step up. This is not an improvement for me. So as far as I'm concerned, the guy I bought the opportunity to try this drug out from this guy, and he you know he just he knew that that's what was up, and he wrote me a script. He knew that that's happens a lot. That I was buying the opportunity to try this out. I see. It's you but know, kids it's... don't have that option. 
Right, they just get it crammed down when yeah. uh, the teacher... You need this. Well, the teacher sees that she's got a student that's acting out in class, so she goes to the administrators I, and you know they write him up, and then they, he keeps the the problem keeps happening. I think so, a lot of this is going to be about. I mean, you look at the look at the um, brave look at a brave new world. A lot of this is about the so, world that we're having to live in. And it's not natural and healthy and, and reasonable to live in this world. And, and we're, all, like, we're all being taught to get a job in a big company and sit at a desk for eight hours or do a repetitive job for eight hours, five days a week. And then, uh, get, you know, and, and I think it's, it's going to take drugs for us to get be able it. to function like machines in this increasingly slave-like form of society where, where we're all we're all just cogs and we're all supposed to just do our jobs and then we're allowed a little bit of free time to be ourselves and then get back to work you know so the uh, the teacher will essentially she's got a problem student she goes to the administrators they go to the uh, the, the what do they call them, the guidance counselors and they determine that well the drugs would help this situation because we can't deal with you we can't deal with your child we don't want to deal with your child is really what it is we don't we don't have the ability to to deal with this our curriculum sucks uh, it's not interesting. This child is bored. It's usually because they're too intelligent for the curriculum, too intelligent for the for the class, and so because of that, they're way ahead of the rest of the class, and they really just don't have anything else, uh, to, you know, to do because they're bored to tears. And so, rather than having some sort of uh, curriculum specifically designed for them, because they can't, it's a one size fits all government school. They just decide to dope him down to the uh, the lowest common denominator. Is basically how I see what this these drugs are being used for. That's uh, that's the way I see it too. Yeah, it's it's sad, and yet another reason to take your kids out of these government schools because when they come to parents who are still kind of in this paradigm that the government knows best and that this is how things are supposed to be, when a when a government guidance counselor comes to a parent and says, "Look, uh, your son's going to need Ritalin in order to continue going to school here." Oh gosh, well I can't afford private school, so I guess we'll go ahead and uh, we'll, you know we'll go ahead and get him on Ritalin. Because the government must know best. I mean, this is a guidance counselor. They're trained to identify what these problems are. I can only imagine how many parents just kind of get suckered into putting their kids on drugs because they have this kind of authority uh, reverence. There's reverence oh, toward yeah. people that, that have this authority demeanor to them. And, well, you know, they must know. I'm, I'm just a factory and, and worker. What do I know? It also, you know, it's also probably, I'm sure it's a relief to some parents. Like, oh, my pa- my kid's not stupid. And they've probably been convinced that their kid, they probably thought, well, my kid's just not very bright because he's not doing well in school. When, in fact, their kid's probably an individual who's not, who, who hasn't been uh, pounded into the robotic lifestyle of a student in a public school. Right. And that's probably a good, healthy thing. But they've been convinced that they're, maybe they, they're afraid their kid's stupid. And they're told, no, no, your kid has a disability and this drug will fix it. And so, oh, okay, then, then they probably feel relief. And so they're glad to put their kid on drugs. Let's not forget the, uh, the, the huge link in this puzzle is that when a school has somebody who has learning d- disabilities or whatever, suddenly get, they go from a small uh, federal check to a much larger check. Mm. Not even just a federal check, but uh, the, the taxpayers. You know, yeah. the, the school... The per-pupil so, amount. Right. The, from 14000 to us uh, educate 000. the pupils to... 54,000. Wow. That's what it's like. Really? Yeah. We are out of time. It's been Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Joining you again tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. So join us then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Hey, America. How do you use WebEx? We use WebEx for our fantasy baseball draft. 
I use WebEx to record meetings so anyone who misses it can see it, hear it, and get up to speed quickly. My son came home from school sick yesterday. Thanks to WebEx, I didn't miss the client meeting. I saw everything right on my cell phone. Got an idea? Start a WebEx. Connect online and share what's on your computer screen with others, cross town or cross country. Share presentations, conduct training sessions. You can even pass the ball and let others take control. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radiographic and enter promo code free trial to get a free trial and a free VoIP headset. Remember that code free trial. WebEx from Cisco. WebEx.com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Go to WebEx.com and click the radiographic and enter promo code free trial.